the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Howdy. Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. That's right. I'm Heather Mosier. No. Glad you're listening. Thank you for listening to this show. This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have a two-week detox followed with two years of free aftercare program. Uh, The detox portion is located inside St. Joseph's downtown. And then we have two years of free aftercare offered to our clients that complete our program with recovery coaching. There's an e-recovery relapse prevention app, all sorts of alumni things. They get to be part of a sober community moving forward. So if you or a loved one would like any information about our detox and recovery program, please give us a call at 844-263-4673. That's 844-AND-HOPE. Or visit our website at mhdrp.org. Herberter.org. I, <laughs> you have to stop doing that. Uh, People will remember it. It's, no. it's catchy. People are going to be at their computers going, Herberter. <laughs> oh, Lord. So uh, if you're catching us today on a podcast or the radio, we can be heard every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central on KPRC 950. Or? the No, no, you can't do that today either. Or? Uh, you can check us out on the iHeartRadio app. KPRC 950 has a channel there. So you can listen to us live at 1 p.m. on Sundays if you're not in Houston. Uh, otherwise, late in the day, our show gets uploaded to a podcast there on iHeartRadio. So you can pick us up and listen to past episodes. And um, Just download iHeart. It's, yeah. it's, it'd be free. And you we just search face- Relevant we- Recovery Radio. And we have a Facebook and Instagram. We do. Um, I'm having a lot of trouble with that. I don't want to talk about it. I. You know what? It's Facebook. It's the problem. Keep patronizing them. Listen, I'm trying to uh, surrender to their method and promote and have a Relevant Recovery and every time Facebook you, page. Every time you post, they try and hit you for discriminatory. Yeah, they, they take it's down. Really weird. They'll leave my post. They won't let me boost or advertise, and they say it's discriminatory. And I can't get them to answer me on what is possibly discriminatory about Literally. a link for our recovery radio show. I have no clue. Yeah, every episode you're just flagged as one of the right wing conservatives. Something is up. Something is amiss. Yeah. And so I'm fed up with Facebook and Instagram. The pages are still there. I still share the shows every week. Does the show's like icon have a MAGA hat or something? <laughs> no. What? Okay. It's just me and you. I mean, yeah. you're pretty discriminatory looking, but I don't know. It's a true story. <laughs> but anyway. So what are we talking about today? Today the topic is going to be personal relationships. Personal relationships. Okay. It's kind of a introspective question on how do I show up in relationships? And so as we go through the show and go through these topics today, I encourage our listeners to ask themselves the same question. How do I show up? What sort of character traits come out of me as I deal with my personal relationships? This is relationships with your family, relationships with your loved ones or spouses or significant others, relationships with your co-workers, relationships with your children. And what does this, how is this relevant to recovery? It's very relevant to recovery yeah. because what we find is that for people that deal with chronic alcoholism or chronic drug addiction, um, we're generally people that are way off on one side of the scale or the other side of the scale mm-hmm. and that 
we're not living in a God-centered asset way of life. Like integrity is a good example. We'll get to that one later. But if I am spiritually fit, if I am connected to the universe Mm -hmm. and I'm not living self-centered, there are certain character traits that are going to come out of me in the way that I behave and treat other people. And so how I behave, how I respond and treat other people in my life is a very good indicator of where I'm at internally. You know, in the the 12-step fellowship that we belong to, uh, so there is the main book, we call it the big book. Yeah. Uh, but book. there is a supplemental uh, book that uh, was written later. There's contentions about it. But yeah. in the fourth step of that book, it's on page 53, it talks about our inability. And it's talking about um, these instincts that we have, that mm-hmm. all human beings have instincts. It's Three, uh, sen- three instincts, sex, well, social, and security. Sex, social, and security. And security is either physical or emotional. Mm-hmm. Social is where do I rank in the community? Where mm-hmm. am I at in my community? Success of or failure, and how does do I have friends? You know, am I lonely? Right. And then the sex is the the desire <clears throat> like the, to procreate yeah. or to have you know a family. Right. And so, as humans, every human, whether you're a drug addict or alcoholic or not, we all have these human instincts of sex, social, and security, and we seek to live life in a way that meets the needs of those instincts. And the problem is, is that these instincts dominate, you know, it just crossed my mind, these instincts dominate us, right? They dominate us, and we are unable to form a true partnership with another human being. Yeah. But I was just thinking about it in that book, one of the examples is a miser. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Are you uh, accusing me of something right now? No, I just, I, you know, I wasn't it's sure. It's just random and ironic that you brought it up, just a coincidence. Well, I mean, has it affected our relationship? For sure. Yeah? Yeah. And so I think that that's, that's kind of the, the broad gist of some things we're going to dissect. You see how I segued away from that accountability there? We're going to come gonna... back to it. But <laughs> So the thing that I, I really want to talk about, just in that sort of introduction and what we want to talk about today is, you know, okay, Heather and Donnie, what are y'all talking about? Partnerships, relationships, what? Instincts, and sex, social insecurity. I cannot control how someone else shows up in a relationship. Right. But I can control how I show up. Correct. And one of the things that I realized five years into my sobriety is that I didn't really show up in any relationship that I had. Mm. Um, I was not a true partner to anyone. You were a taker. I was not a worker among workers in my in my workplace um and so we're going to talk a little bit about what do we talk what do we mean um what we have discovered and then what does it look like on the showing up side so when i get the full view of all of my relationship buffoonery right and when i'm able to see what i'm doing what does that mean right Mm -hmm. because one of the things we were talking about right before we got out of the car to walk up here was that um the way that I was showing up still at five years sober was full self. Yeah. And so if I'm showing up in self, um, then I'm going to go to one extreme or the other. Yeah. And pay a spiritual price for that. But if I'm showing up God-centered, power of the universe-centered, I'm going to show up uh, in a different way. So don't go anywhere. We are going to come right back.
Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with hosts Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hey, Heather, what is that number for Matthew's Hope Detox? The num- I'm glad you asked. The number for Matthew's Hope Detox is 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673. And so what are we talking about? Talking about personal relationships today and how I show up. How do you show up? Let's how do talk I about how you show let's up. Not. Let's spend let's, an hour. Let's talk about you. So <laughs> here I want to paint a visual for mm-hmm. our listeners. And I don't know if I can do this very well audibly on a radio show, but let's pretend that we're talking about a pendulum. If you ever look at a pendulum, you know, it swings one end to the other. Sometimes it or just... Or you could just talk, there's black and there's white and there's gray. Yeah. So if the pendulum is barely sw- hanging straight down and barely swinging at all, that's the gray area. Yeah, that's where right? we want to be, right? That's where we want to be. And that we'll say that that's God-centered or spiritually centered. Spiritually that gray centered. Enter. Yeah. yeah. And so let's say the pendulum gets rocky, right? And it's swinging way from one end to the other side. Either that's the far black the right and the right. Or far the left. Either far the black or far the white. And so we're going to talk about a character asset being in the gray. And then we're going to talk about what it looks like, what comes out of us if that pendulum is swinging far to the left or far to the right, which is self. <laughs> Both sides, right? Okay. The goal is to have that pendulum hanging and just staying kind of center. And that's virtues, moving. but give us virtues. an idea. Let's talk about, so we talked about the three instincts, right? Sex, social, and security. Those are our human instincts. And you're going through something right now where your security is threatened. Yes. Um, and you've been threatening me over your threatened security for about five years now <laughs> as a money miser. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So mm-hmm. where have you been in the in the black and the white and and what does that look like? So I will say that I don't I don't know what the word is you want to use for the gray area, but you're using the black side. Let's say let's miser. say centered. Let's say God centered, spiritual centered, but centered. So for us we're talking about money here. We're talking about money. And for me, Donnie says that I'm a miser. And so my pendulum swings way over to one side to where it feels uh, indulgent and wrong for me to spend any money. What did you say and to me a week ago? Literally, I'm paying your medical bills from something that happened a while back. I injured myself for like for real. Had to go to the emergency room. And yeah. what did you say? I said, can you please stop going to the emergency room? I'm sick of paying these bills for you. Like, I need you to just tough it out. Stay home. Like, but it's not because I don't want him to have medical care. I do. Why do I? But I'm saying it's like I want the money to stay in the bank. So here's the thing. Donnie's- I'm surprised you didn't see blood coming out of my mouth that day from biting my tongue. And so, but Donnie, you swing the other way and you're very outflowing with money with not much. Is this about the new AirPod Maxes? <laughs> yeah. Listen, uh, I want the, I want everybody to know that I'm, I'm taking my wife to Paris. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I need to go there for business. So I'm flying you're, you're over there for a week. You're justifying your spending like you hold always on, do. You're still on the far other side of the pendulum, sir. Um, and I'm going to have to sit on a plane nine hours there, 11 hours back. And I had a nice pair of Bose noise-canceling headphones, but our friend Tyler yeah. ruined them. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tyler. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> Brie so, will regulate that So for I had us. to buy you a new pair. So anyways, and then I'm, I've got to fly to Vegas twice in December, so I'm going to be Working. on a plane a lot. And so, yes, that... I mean, justify it all you want, whatever. Like, it, well, I was going to make a joke, but see, this is how serious she gets, folks, when it comes <laughs> to money. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how serious she my gets. pendulum is swinging i, I want so it. here's what i realized this morning i have a lot of personal things going on that have to do with amends and and, and relation to money and it's not about donnie's medical bills that but i want to save that full story for another day as it unfolds not this radio show but this morning god was really dealing with me on 
my love of money. The, the idea that I feel more secure, mm-hmm. it's a false sense of security, but I feel more secure, air quotes, the more money we have in savings or whatever. Right. The more we're on track with the budget or whatever. Right. And it feels very scary, chaotic, and irresponsible if we get off track. Well, and you have a plan. Like literally, <laughs> so I want to I want to walk through this because this is what we're going to get to is we're going to get to how you show up in our relationship because of your instinct for financial security, which I pl- I provide plenty of, you provide plenty of. Well, there's, right, but this- Truth is, inst- God always takes care of me, yes. But hold on, so this instinct for you is blown out of proportion. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about how it affects our relationship. How do you show up in our relationship? I tell you to stop going to the doctor. That's how I show up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is irrational. But in the moment, it right. feels completely logical to- And then a week later, you. like, you come home and you're like, hey, by the way, I got to spend this much on my dental work. And yeah. I'm like, well, okay. And you were very cool about it. And like, I was talking to- The week before, it was going to be a $400 bill because I had to go to the emergency room. And yours was, let's say, very, very north of that. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. You were very- it's medical. Um, do what you got to do. You were very kind and considerate and compassionate with my financial amends and the things that I need. You're very giving. You're, you're, that is you. And it's like, I'm different. My pendulum swings way over to the miser, the mm-hmm. workaholic, the store it up, you know? And it's it reminds me in our literature, the guy who is the gaunt prospect who's a miner and his pick strikes gold, right? But he secretly wants to hold on to this chunk of gold forever and not give it away. Right. But see, the thing is, is that when we talk about how we show up here, so here's my side of this, right? So I make I make good money. We are We're upper middle class we, we make good money. Uh, I make good money. You make good money. Like we're doing well. Okay. We're not suffering. Yeah. We don't want, right. God provides. We're good. Okay. So we make a good living and I will, uh, like, let's say I'm, I'm riding my bike and I need a pair of shorts. There was an argument over me buying a pair of bicycle shorts or, <clears throat> and so what happens is, is that when you are, constantly questioning every person. Now, look, let me just be the first to admit, I want all the stuff at times, right? If I'm not spiritually centered, my pendulum's the opposite way with money, and I'll just blow it all Yeah, and go, ah, God's will, right? We're good. <laughs> God gave me this credit card. Right? But, <laughs> but I think you'll admit that over the last five years, my spending patterns have cleaned up a lot. Like I just don't really. Evidently, yes, but we've been together five years. And so I can see the debt that you had when we got together versus where you're at now. And so I'm assuming you've made a lot of progress. What I'm saying though is I've become financially responsible, I feel like. Okay. Um, And so what happens is, is that on my side of the relationship, you wake up every morning, you do your prayer meditation, and then you literally log into our books and you balance our books and look at our budget and our bills every single day Mm -hmm. and so i either hear something on the daily about our finances or if i want something i get pushback on it no matter kind of what it is Mm -hmm. and so all of that leads up to and so what we're saying is my character defect of that security being threatened and i'm a miser uh it comes out in negative ways as I deal with you, my husband, who your pendulum at times swings the other way, right. much more. Get- and so it creates tension in the home. 
It right? does. It does. And so the goal is, is that we need because to... Because the, the relationship is not 100-100 at that point. Right. right. And so we need to figure out how to be God-centered and find the compromise. Right. And the, the exact same thing um, applies to like integrity, right? That's a great asset to have. People should choose or want, or the goal should be to have integrity, right? Well, and, and what our literature says is that people show up in one of two ways. And essentially, when I looked at this myself, it was true. I either had friends or acquaintances or whatever relationships where I would want to dominate them. I wanted them to do what I wanted them to do. Yeah. And if you were to look at ours when it comes to money, that's what you want to dominate my I ability to I want to, to dominate spend. that scenario, yes. Okay. And so then the other kinds of relationships that I had were the kind of relationships where I am I'm basically juicing them for energy. I want some sort of um, validation. I want something from like them in, in an energy mm-hmm. form. And so that's the only kind of two kinds of relationships at the time when I went through this that I had. Yeah. What does that mean? I remember reading it and just kind of thinking about it one day and I've got probably my closest friend since getting sober, not even probably, he is <clears throat> Matt. And I remember thinking that, you know, Matt will just call me out of the blue and just be like, hey, buddy, how are you? How's things going? And he was like generally questioning how my life was. And what I realized is I never did that for him. Mm. I had friends that I would call for this or that, or I had people that I would hang out for this or that. But it was never genuinely wanting to give something to them you as a part of a relationship. You struggled to be curious of how he was really doing. With, and it just didn't come naturally to you. And I had, you just said integrity. I remember Matt used to do stuff at his house and I never had integrity. I never showed up when I said I would. So yeah, don't go anywhere. We're going to dive more into integrity. Yeah, we'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie. Hey, um, I forgot to ask you, if I have burnt my life to the total ground and I have no friends or family anymore because they've all walked away from me from drugs and alcohol, what website would I go to to get help in a detox? You don't even have to burn your life to the ground. You can just have any substance use disorder or your loved one. You can search our website, www.mhdrp.org. I always do things to an extreme. You do. You're very alcoholic in that sense. We're talking about personal relationships today. Um, We've talked a little bit about money, and then now we're leading into integrity. And so here's, I want to paint that picture again. The gray area is having integrity. Um, And so how do we have integrity? Well, I have integrity with my word. If I say I'm going to be somewhere at a certain time, I'm there. Right. If I make plans with somebody and and I put it on, you know, I I remember, I show up and I do. If I say I'm going to take care of this task at work or XYZ is my job, it's on my workload, I take care of it. I have integrity. And so I want to give you, I want to give you a couple examples. So back, uh, let's say post five years ago, pre five years ago, um, before I had this realization, um, Matt, Matt was a, a single dude. He was always having like barbecues and crawfish boils for a whole bunch of sober folks. Yeah. And, and, and I was his friend and he would always be like, Hey man, Saturday you come by and I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll be there. And then Saturday would come up and there was something I'd rather do rather it was mm. nothing, play video games, like whatever, ride that's a motorcycle. A lack of integrity. And so I just wouldn't show up. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then let's see this. The, here go, here goes the pendulum. 
and it swings now from the white to the black. I go right over the gray. I always skip the gray with flying colors. <laughs> and it goes to a point in yours of my life when we held the bar so high on integrity that we didn't allow our, ourselves any wiggle room. And here's what that human. means. Yeah. I say that I'm going to be somewhere on Saturday and I will forsake my own health, my family, and any other thing that I really need to do if I needed to be somewhere else to be there or even like to show you that I have integrity. Or even like driving like a gentleman. Like you would break the law and drive recklessly back then to make sure we were on time somewhere when really we just left late. We're supposed to be 10 minutes late. Right, right. <laughs> and so that's a violation of integrity. So if you And think, we would hold that bar so high. If you think that, of integrity, integrity is the goal. That's the gray area. That's the God-centered area. But if the pendulum slides one way too far that is corruption and so we have to look at where am I corrupt am I corrupt with my word am I corrupt with my agreements am I corrupt at work in my relationships do I have secrets like where is the deceit the dishonesty and right. the corruption in me but like Donnie was saying we swung the other way over to legalism with with a lot of stuff with, with our 12-step program with our life in church our life I mean it was just everywhere like, hey, if I say that I'm going to be at this place at 3 o'clock on a Saturday seven years from now, right? I'll be there. Right. You Even if I'm dead, <laughs> I will come back from the dead to be there to prove. But here's the thing is but we it, were self-righteous. It was to yeah, prove to you that I have integrity. And that's the thing. It's like a form of virtue signaling. Look yeah. at what a good person I am. Yep. Look at how true to my word I am because I keep my word. This is legalism. It's like, you know, people that worship the law, the process, the book, but they don't just actually just allow themselves to be fallible and human and live out those mistakes. In the 12-step fellowships, you have that where people will memorize the book. They don't live any of it practically, but they can quote it. Yeah. Sound great. You have Christians that do that in the Bible. They yeah. they memorize the Bible, but and they can quote it, but they don't live it. Yeah. Right. They're not living out a Christ centered life. And so we want to try to make sure I I want to make sure I avoid the legalism side of things. This is where a perfectionist would come into play. Yeah. I, I, my life is perfect if I look this way, if I exercise this way, if I hold my body to this standard or whatever. And it's like the beauty in being human is the double-edged sword of our fallible nature is that I get to grow along spiritual lines and improve. I can't just snap my fingers and decide, today I'm going to have integrity from today on. Mm -hmm. It was a spiritual process of God helping me. I remember if you go back a couple episodes in our podcast, listen to the one about uh, ice cubes and orange juice. Yeah, That one's about integrity. I, I developed integrity alone in my sober house around picking up an ice cube. Yeah, But it was like, I thought it took all of God's power to force you to pick up that ice it cube. It did. Okay. God was working on me then. Yeah. All the, my previous days in sober living, the rules were too hard. I couldn't do my chores on time. I couldn't honor curfew. I couldn't do, you know, I failed, failed, failed. I did yeah. not have integrity. Even though I'd owned my own home for 10 years, I didn't have integrity. And we went from no integrity to crazy integrity, legalism. like legalistic. And so one beautiful um, suggestion my sponsor gave me years ago is she said, Heather, don't get so recovered you can't ask for help. It is really important that you show your vulnerability and show your failures, even to the, those you sponsor, especially to those you sponsor. And so today I try to be really transparent with clients and, and with my sponsees on areas I struggle in personally, on things I don't like to admit, or the fact that I am the way I am with money. I'm admitting it, right? Well, And, <laughs> and so if we go to just, first of all, if I'm just going to practice a spiritual-centered integrity... 
when Matt would invite me to those things, if I was free that day, I would have showed up whether I wanted to or not. Right. Right. I would have showed up for him. Yep. Because it's not about me. Because you said you'd be there. That's right. There's like there's those people that will like agree to be to somewhere and then they don't really intend to go. They just say yes. And then the last minute they'll like text uh, an excuse that's like not even true. Right. You know? And so that's what I'm trying to hopefully convict people of is the that level of dishonesty, that level of violating integrity leads to spiritual disaster and, and the lack of joy in your own life. I did not realize that every single one of my relationships was based on a selfish want, need, or desire. Yeah. I, I had no idea. This was an eye opener for me. Like when I looked at all of my friendships in the fellowship, when I looked at everything I did not have one true partnership with another human being. But here's another way I want to talk about it, too, in relationships. I also realized that at work, in my place of employment, I also didn't have a true partnership, Mm -hmm. right? Our literature says something about... um, Top of the heap, bottom of the pile. that, That we either struggle, we want to struggle to the top of the heap, or we hide underneath it, never have we shown up as a worker among Among workers. workers. It's very hard sometimes to just be one of a group. Well, and so- We always want to be the best, the smartest, the highest, or or I'm not even going to try if I can't be the best. Let me just ignore that challenge. And when I read it, it reminded me of a time I worked for an oil and gas technology company in IT- and we had a project that we had to roll out. And I remember being told that I'm not going to run that project. Mm. And I remember literally saying, if I'm not going to run it, I don't want anything to do with it because it's wow. going to fail. Yeah. But that was really just me trying to be the number one, trying to be the, are you looking for a, a virtue? Yeah, because uh, diligence fits into that. Well, diligence is a good virtue to have, but it slings over to slothfulness or workaholism, right? Right. And so a lot of of people that deal with being a workaholic, being a workaholic is a self-centered negative virtue because your pendulum has swung all the way to the over because your need to provide for your family is askew. It, it's that uh, well that's security right it's the security it's the security instinct thrown out yeah and that's what was being threatened here lately the last few days with my uh financial amends stuff coming up is i feel like i me 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 worked really hard to uh, stick to a budget and stack this money in the bank and now there's this scenario that threatens it no yeah. Yeah. i've achieved this you know i'm so selfish and so when we talk about that usually when the pendulum swings to one way, one extreme or the other, away from the gray area, it's due to self in some way, some type of selfishness. And yeah. so a general a general one that we can talk about would be like love. We can all agree, and I know all of our listeners agree that love is good. We should love one another. Well, that should be the number one rule, right? Follow that and you're going to be good to go. If you love others, you know, that's a good thing. But when we talk about that gray area, the gray area is genuine love. But if it swings away one way, that's selfishness. And if it swings the other way, that's enablement. So you talk about selfishness because well, you're great it, at it, it. I want to talk about enablement. Oh, Lord. <laughs> is it God? Well, the question is always, is it self-centered love or God-centered love, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so how does selfishness show up when you should be given love? I don't have a clue. <laughs> that's not true. You were talking about it. Okay. What, what do you mean? What was I talking about? 
in relationships, love when you should be get like your previous wives, for instance. You were you were <laughs> you make very that plural. Yeah, plural. Uh, you were very selfish. It was what you wanted, when you wanted it, oh, how you wanted yeah, it addressed. Like, see, I didn't know that's where you're going with that because I I don't even know if it was love. I was very I was a very selfish, self centered person. I'm not saying in love. I'm saying you could have shown her love by not being demanding, not being selfish. Yeah. You had demands yeah. that she needed to meet. Otherwise, you didn't want anything to do with her. Or you want to dominate their time, you know, but, and that's selfish. But the flip is true uh, for enablement. And I see this all the time in the drug and addiction world. If you're listening to us and you're the loved one of someone who has addiction issues, please listen. I love them so much. I love them so I'm much. I'm going to save them. I'm going to go get a hotel room for them so they're safe. Or I'm going to go pay for the sober living so yeah. that I'm going to get them a car so they can get I'm to I'm going to rent them a house. You think you're loving them. You're not. You're enabling them. You're enabling them to live a path where they don't have to seek God. Yep. So, listen... Um, we have a few more examples to go through. We're going to try and wrap this up. I don't even know if we're like what road we're headed down, but don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with hosts Heather and Donnie Mosier. Yep. We're talking about personal relationships today and how do I show up in relationships? Not well. Wow. Oh, sorry. I, I that was weird. I, thought I wasn't it was a asking you. It was rhetorical. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're fired from this show. Okay. So we've talked about forming true partnerships. Or the inability to. Or the inability to, and how we're all extreme. Um, and because I want to touch on that part, because I've been married a few times before you, too, and I also ha- did not know this when I was in it, but uh, looking back after working the 12 Steps and stuff, I had the inability to form true partnerships with other people, too. I mm-hmm. was a demander, a demander and a taker, mm. and so I wanted a husband to provide a certain amount, a certain security. I wanted to pay me a certain kind of attention, a certain amount of, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. and anytime he failed at that, he wasn't good to me. He was right. a bad person, and I treated him horribly. And so, same, right? So that's what I did with my first two wives and what I did with you in the beginning of our relationship. Yeah. So how do we how do we change this or, or move it towards solution? Mm-hmm. How did I get? I mean, no, like instinctively, I think all of our listeners know that like integrity, integrity is a positive trait or honesty or love um, or all of these things are positive things that should be our goal, but we don't recognize them when we're out of whack, when our instincts have gone awry. Well, And so if I'm showing up legalistically or perfectionism or workaholic or prideful or selfish or judgmental, I'm not in the gray area. So what is the solution? How do we go from, okay, I know I'm showing up because I didn't. Because I didn't just read that book. And then we're like, boom, okay, I'm fixed. Okay, cool. I'm going to show up a true part in a relationship and I'm going to do this. What was the process of going from selfish in your relationships to showing up differently? I mean, I hate to say it because it's, it's sort of the same answer that you and I have for a lot of people a lot of times, but it's just it's just the truth for me. The only thing I can really call truth in my life is experience that I have that I've walked through. Um, and truthfully, working the 12 steps repeatedly, the best I can, um, 
seeking a uh, relationship with my creator, seeking a relationship with a God of my understanding. Yeah. And, and, but I mean, when I say seeking, I don't mean like, okay, cool. I read a spiritual thing and I'm like, Hey, you know, uh, God, I need this or need that. But literally seeking that relationship, yeah, right, by trying to do the right thing in, in situations and seeking the will of the creator. For and- me, like awareness was half the battle. I didn't even know I was treating people that way. I didn't. I didn't. I think ha- awareness though is the second step. I think the first step really is when you start to work this stuff, then you become aware. Now, once I'm aware, now the real work comes in. I, I became aware when I wrote inventory the first time. It was painful awareness. And then as I went out living my days later, it became more aware as it cropped up. I'm like, oh, there's that character defect again. Oh, right. there's that selfishness again. Oh, there's that pride again. Oh, there's that... Ju-. So I be- started to become painfully aware. And those those things were no longer comfortable or complacent in my life. I felt conviction. I felt off when I was aware of it. I wanted it to go away. I wanted to judge less. I, I wanted to love more. And you get to where you're really bothered when you're you bothered do it. You're bothered by it. And so <clears throat> then you take it to God. But I, I think too in my walk, my walk is a 12-step walk and my walk is also a Christian walk. Yeah. Um, and part of what's happened with me is that when I say seek a relationship, part of that for me really is my prayer and meditation in the morning. I try to listen to good, healthy Christian things during the day, whether it's podcasts or whatever. Um, you know, I still struggle with that. I love old gospel hymns. I, yeah. I read Bible and say all that and, and do my 12-step stuff. Um, but I still really like don't know how I feel about still loving metal music or, you know, mosh yeah, pits know. and all of that. I still love that. There's certain stuff I can't really listen Me to too. anymore. Me too. There's certain things I won't listen to anymore. Uh, it's offensive to my sensibilities. But um, just in general, I'm a and metal And by the girl. way, that's our thing. We're not judging anybody. Right. Go listen to anything you want. I don't care. But I'm just saying, like, over time, when God does a work in somebody, they start to become convicted about it. But here's, here's, here's really what happened when I started to, because I was focused for a long time on friendships, right? If I tell Matt that I'm going to come to his house, I'm there, yeah. right? Uh, unless an emergency happens, right? Because we we have sort of found that gray in integrity where you and I have said we're going to be somewhere. You and I said that we're going to be somewhere Friday and we may not be able to right. because you may have something you have to go do and, and it's just going to be okay because it's real. it's the end of the world for us to have to reschedule these weekend plans. Correct. Old us, it was the end of the world. Correct. You would, have, <laughs> you would have waited till after dinner to drive to Oklahoma, which would have been insane, yeah. right? So, and so um, now there's more flexibility and um, less legalism, less but, perfectionism. But hold on. Here's what I want to say, though, is that in that seeking that I've been doing, I heard a, a pastor talk, a guy named Timothy Keller. And he talked about covenant relationships, covenant marriage. And, and what he explained was that when two people get married, you either have a covenant relationship or a corporate relationship. Where it's a business, it's transactional. Yes. Yeah. Every relationship I ever had was corporate. Like my wife, girlfriend, whatever, was like a salesperson. And whenever she had what I needed, I'm drawn into her and we're good. But when she didn't, I draw away and I will replace you in a heartbeat and that's because how I was you're not providing before. what I need. Mm-hmm. But now in a covenant relationship. It's a commitment that's not based on conditions. You came home yesterday and you were visibly frazzled. I was sad. You were visibly frazzled because you were literally going to take your miserdom out on yourself. Yeah, it was funny because... 
I got some news at the dentist, and it's going to be a certain amount. And like my jaw just dropped almost literally, <laughs> and uh, it's double digit. And what's crazy is. It wasn't just drugs and alcohol, but I know they played a part in it. But we have been doing dental processes on me for the last two years. And I just finished 56 weeks of Invisalign. I haven't had back teeth in a year and a half. Most people don't know that. And so we're at the final stages of bridges and this and that. And it's like, I have to let go of this nest egg that I think gives me security. When really it doesn't, God should give me security. Mm -hmm. Not how much money I have in the bank. Um, this is just the next stage and God will always provide for me. God will always take care. But I came home like afraid to tell you, not because I thought you would freak out, but because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I yelled at you for going to the emergency room. I don't want to spend, and I know God's dealing with me. God's making it uncomfortable for me. God is going to force his hand in this situation and be like, no more. And in a Find true partnership, in a true partnership or a covenant marriage, whatever you want to talk about, when you came home yesterday, you were leaned out. You were worried. You were upset. You were like, you didn't know what to do. And so what did I do is I leaned in. You did. You did a wonderful job. And, and that's not something I do ever, that every is day, not right? your go-to response. But it's something that I'm learning. It is. And you were wonderful. And I tried to comfort you and come up with some solution and help kind. you feel better. You were problem solving. You were solution oriented. Because truthfully, in that moment yesterday, my concern was truly for you. Yeah. Right. It was for you and for how you felt. And I wanted you to feel better. And I was just I'm grateful to have a partner that shows up in that way, you know, and to have a husband that shows up in that way, because it was what I needed. We talked it out. We found some prayer and meditation time to sit on it and we found a solution. Right. And um, and really, it's doing the uncomfortable thing when it's uncomfortable and letting go of my ideas of where a bank account should be and the, just trusting God. The best part for me, the best part is that you literally told me to never go to the emergency room again. The bill was like 400 bucks. <laughs> this one is way north of that. That's the best part for me. So like, Are you going to hold it over my head later? No, I just wanted to go get that crow that you had to eat. I wanted to heat up the microwave and put some salt and pepper on it for it you. Again? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the beauty of recognizing our defects, recognizing when we're not God-centered, recognizing when we've swung one way or the other. And you and I have that much awareness and spiritual growth in our relationship where we're at now to talk and walk these things out and seek growth. Well, the, and, and the other good thing, too, is that we, we had an agreement going into this relationship that only one of us could be crazy at a time. Yep, just one. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times it's me. It's usually you. So I was really kind of grateful and, and happy <laughs> that I could show up for you in this instance because, you know, here's the funny thing is that this deal, this financial security for you is huge. Yeah. We are being hit from Every, every oh, angle. We'll Lord. have to do another whole nother show about that someday. But I want to. But God is good. God is good. And we I want to thank to our about. listeners for putting up with this episode and seeing us through. If you'd like any information about our detox, visit mhdrp.org. And don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though. <laughs>